The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. On to the last player in the Giants 2020 NFL Draft Class, Mr. Irrelevant, pick number 255 in the seventh round. That is Tay Crowder, linebacker out of the University of Georgia. We're going to be talking about him and breaking him down here on the Chris and Joe Show. I'm Joe Delio, joined by Chris Bum. Chris and Joe Show presented to you by the Big Blue View Radio Network and also SV Nation. So far, we have gone through every single Giants rookie broken them down to every single aspect and trait of their game. If you missed out on any of those earlier shows and you want to hear about the early draft pick guys, we fully encourage you to go back and scroll through and listen to those. That's all the episodes leading up to this have been, so they should be very, very easy for you to find. Check out those episodes. But for today's show, we're wrapping up the final draft prospect that took took us up until June (laughs) uh, to this point because there were so many guys, especially in the seventh round, and the last player being, I would argue, one of the most intriguing being Tate Crowder, this linebacker from the University of Georgia. Chris, he is really an interesting guy to discuss and talk about six foot three 235 and folks if you didn't know this and i didn't know this until after i I watched a ton of film on him and got a sense of what he does but he is a former running back he was previously recruited and brought to georgia as a running back making that transition and chris you made a note of this that he was not even a full-time starter and contributor until this past season in 2019 but the way that Georgia used him, because he's a little bit raw, he's not all there, is that he was a, a, a third or taken out on third down, but used on, on clear running situations, first, second down against teams that were pass heavy. He didn't play as often, but was used essentially as, and the perfect way of phrasing is the way that you phrased it a second ago before we started recording, is used as a downhill missile, almost like a running back playing the linebacker position. Yeah, he, that really is what jumps off the tape when you watch him and like you said he he is intriguing to watch because he has a lot of very very interesting traits you know like you said he's got good size he moves well in space he comes downhill hard and fast and like a running back he is great at seeing holes and shooting gaps the problem is that just probably is not going to be the best kind of game for him at the NFL level. Yeah, and the one thing here that makes him so interesting is that he has 
limited experience at the linebacker position compared to some of these other linebackers that the Giants drafted, being the fact that they drafted so many of them, it, it kind of creates a, a perplexing situation because you don't really know how he really stacks up to some of these guys if he had had the same amount of experience at the position as some of these other players. So I think Crowder is purely a upside player with a good relative ceiling because he has those traits of playing another position, but just hasn't been able to fully translate over to the linebacker spot, the essential opposite of the running back position on defense. So he's got a lot of things to work with. We're going to cover all that stuff in today's show. And Chris, the first thing that we're going to get into, the first thing we've talked about with every single linebacker that is off the ball is their pass coverage ability. One thing that I saw, and I think that the first thing makes a ton of sense is that he bit really hard on play ha- play action situations. Not all the time, but there were a couple instances where he came downfield really quickly and then he realized, oh crap, I'm in the wrong spot. This isn't a running play. I got to get back to my drop. But that makes sense because he was strictly used in likely running situations. He, he was used to covering against the run, so he wasn't as keen on diagnosing those things and having a good reaction to if he should be covering or if he should be attacking the ball. Yeah, that is something that really leaps off the film with him. In fact, the very first play against Notre Dame is a play-action pass, and he bites hard on the run, comes down, yeah, execute, executes his run fit, But unfortunately, the ball is at that point in the air and going to a receiver. That is something he is really going to have to work on at the next level. And we'll get to that in the second part. I really think it's kind of interesting that Georgia used him as a run defender much more than a pass defender because his frame, his athletic traits really suggest an off-ball space linebacker, a guy who can move well in space, flow to the ball, drop into coverage, you know, use his length, use his athleticism. And that was kind of the complete opposite of how Georgia used him, which I think a lot of that is because of his background as a running back. He's used to attacking the line of scrimmage and going downhill, finding gaps, doing doing all of those things, but he's not really used to identifying coverage or identifying passing concepts, dropping into coverage, picking up receivers, passing them off, getting in phase as a coverage player. You know, all of those things are aspects of being a linebacker that are kind of foreign to him that he's still learning. It really is an oddity that the way that they used him. And we we opened with talking about how Georgia used him and you just alluded to it again in the fact that he wasn't on the field for many passing plays or passing situations. And instead they used him as if he was a a six foot two, 255 pound thumping linebacker that wasn't fast enough to track receivers and and tight ends. But he he has that speed. He has that athleticism. He's a little tight hipped. Uh, He's not a clean, perfect drop type player. And I think a lot of that just goes with it. It's easier to teach this guy that's raw, that doesn't have, a fully rounded skill set to say, all right, go attack the line of scrimmage, go chase down the ball, go make a play in the backfield, which he was able to do, then for him to understand and fully analyze passing concepts in front of him. That, that can be a really complex um, 
aspect of a, a defender's game to learn, and it's going to take a while for him to get comfortable with that stuff. And we'll address that in talking about things he needs to improve on later on in the show. But in general, though, Chris, when I see him drop, I see him move. He's not bad at it. You can see that he's a good athlete. You can see that he has that running back movement style, just a little tight in his hips, not super fluid as a mover, despite still being an asset in space. And I don't see a guy that cuts really cleanly and quickly. I'd like to see him move a little bit more in a uh, be as quick as he can be being a former running back. Yeah, he does look a little mechanical, changing directions in space. Uh, you know, things are, like you say, not as fluid as they could be. But one thing you do notice is that he does have good hustle. He does have a good motor. You know, even if he bites hard on play action, like in that play against Notre Dame, he was still in on the tackle, even though he was in the he's kind of in the middle of the play. He was in the complete opposite area of the field. He still stuck with it and stayed with the play and was at least around the ball when the tackle was finally made. And that sort of hustle, competitive toughness, however you want to phrase it, that is at least something good to see. That's something coaches can work with. Yeah. That hustle, that uh, aggressiveness to chase down the ball and he might have been a little indecisive and slow to react in certain situations on passing downs. But the one thing I really liked on him, not on a 100% consistent basis, but most of the time, whenever he saw where the ball was going or wherever he saw a quarterback trying to escape the pocket, he flipped that switch, turned the gear, went full speed towards tracking the ball more often than not. So I really like seeing that motor. That's something that we talked about last week with Chris Williamson, that you can't really coach that stuff up. Sometimes those guys that that don't have that motor, you can't really get it out of them. But when you have a player like Tay Crowder that goes full speed and attacks things, that's a really positive thing to see because at the very least, you know, he's going to give you full effort 90 to 95% of the time. Now, when we're talking about his run support, that has to be his current strongest asset because frankly, that's what they used him the most in Uh, at Georgia. And the one play that I think epitomized what he does as a linebacker was against LSU in a a red zone situation where he read the hole perfectly. He saw things open wide up for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and he attacked it straight down, did not allow any yards to be gained. Instead of waiting for him to come up the hole, he went full speed into that gap, saw where it was coming, and again, almost like he's playing like a running back, like he's sitting behind the offensive line, waiting for the hole to open up, and then bursting through it to go pick up extra yardage. It's the opposite of that. Crowder, I think, does a really good job of this, that when he sees those holes starting to open up, he can analyze them and say, oh, I know where they're running the ball. I know how my offensive line looked in front of me when I was running back, and I know that what is going to happen for them uh, is going to happen in this situation, and I can go make a play on the ball. Yeah, that is exactly it. And that's what, when you hear people say he looks like a running back playing linebacker, that is exactly what you're talking about. He really does, you can see those running back instincts at work when he is diagnosing his run fits and knowing, okay, there's going to be a hole open up here. I know, I know what this looks like from behind the offensive line. And when that happens, you can just see him trigger, come up, fill the hole, and he is certainly an aggressive hitter. Uh, I, When it comes to run support, I like him better doing that than when he tries to uh, take on offensive linemen, stack and shed. He doesn't have that technique down yet. 
against Vanderbilt, I saw him get pushed back probably about 10 yards early in the game by one of Vandy's linemen. You know, he doesn't quite have that really good stacking and shedding technique. He doesn't really use his length. Again, it's almost like he is a, uh, a running back taking on a defensive lineman or a really big linebacker and trying to pick up yards after contact and run behind his pads in those situations. But when he has a, when he can find a clear path to the ball, that's when I think you see him at his best. You really are going to need to sit and work with on his ability to shed blockers. And I like the, the way that you described the way that he does it. The other way that I saw it too was as if he was a, a running back picking up a blitzer in a pass protection situation where you lead with your shoulders almost because these running backs typically don't have a lot of arm extension and they try to drive through their hips to not allow any more forward progression. So what I see with Tay Crowder when he takes on some of these blockers that he just goes full speed in these guys. He's trying to knock them off balance. He's trying to just knock them out of the way. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it works on some of these linemen that are off balance and don't have proper angling when trying to attack him. But there are a couple times where he really got bullied because uh, you can't do that all the time. You need to establish that extension. You need to be able to read in front of you and then disengage. And I think instead of being all full speed, I'm going to hit this guy in front of me and knock him out. He just needs to be a little bit more strategic about it because again, that's not going to work against really good NFL offensive linemen. And if he wants to be more of an impact player, he's going to need to work on that stuff. These are all things he can work on, which I think is what makes him an intriguing pick because he's got a lot of tools with his length and his athleticism. He just doesn't quite know how to use them yet. You know, it's kind of similar a few shows back where we talked about uh, how Cam Brown kind of looks like a wide receiver playing linebacker. Tay Crowder is similar, except he hasn't had the experience playing linebacker that Cam Brown has had. The, the traits are there. He does have good burst in a straight line. He can pick up and identify holes that are going to be there as a run defender. He does show good juice as a blitzer. He's a pretty reliable tackler when he can, when he can get a good angle. So he has the the traits and the athletic ability and just the potential worth investing in. Onto his tackling and blitzing and as you could assume with any linebacker, the ability to tackle has to be a really important one. If you read everything in front of you and you get in position and you can't tackle, well, that's all completely useless. And the thing that I saw with Crowder is that I thought he had relatively consistent angles. There weren't a ton of times where he was out of position. And I think that really attributes to his style of play, his understanding of how ball carriers try to make plays and, and get guys out of their way so they have more rushing room. I think that he does a good job of tracking these guys down and then also being able to attack the ball and and break down these guys and make a play um, and bring these guys down pretty easily. It's not like Chris Williamson, who we thought was diving and didn't know how to tackle. I thought that Tate Crowder has a pretty good understanding of how to tackle despite not being too experienced as, as a linebacker and as a defender. Uh, maybe that's just from his experience as a running back, he knows what it, feel, it feels like to get tackled. So just do that to somebody else. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. When he when he is able to line up, square up, get get take a good shot 
at an offensive player, he does does seem like a good enough tackler. You know, he's got great juice as a blitzer. I would like to see him get himself in position to square up a little bit more often, but I think that's the thing that will just come as he really learns the art of playing linebacker, you know, really learns to anticipate what an offense is going to do, how everything kind of works together, not just be a downhill rocket. Yes, certainly. And we're talking about how he does also additionally being a blitzer. I think that he has this bit of a reckless abandonment where he just goes full speed. I'm going to go make a play. And I think that makes him a, a pretty good blitzer though, Chris, that he, he can go straight line full speed and it's hard to pick him up. There were instances, one against Baylor, where I saw him shoot completely through the A-gap. No one touched him. He ended up making a play on the running back who didn't have the ball, but still he caused some disruption, which led to a play that, that didn't produce any yards. I also saw him get a couple sacks in that game or a sack in that game or or it wasn't even a sack. It was like a disruption where the ball was thrown away by the quarterback. And I think that stuff's great when you're looking for a guy that's full speed ahead, straight line, not trying to do too much, just going to throw his body into a position to close out a lane or make a play on the football. Yeah, and I think that's kind of his uh, his running back instincts again. And I hope those don't get coached out of him in this case, where he's able to time his rushes and kind of anticipate those gaps opening and use his linear explosiveness to beat linemen to the spot and like you said just burst through before anybody can get a hand on him because those blitzers especially up the middle can be very disruptive to wrap up today's show we're going to talk about what he needs to work on his ceiling and then his floor but before we get to that folks we're going to take a really short commercial break Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For Crowder, there is 
a decent amount of things that he needs to improve on. He is strictly developmental, and I think that's a big reason why the Giants were willing to spend essentially the most highest priority undrafted free agent selection on him uh, to get him in and secure him as a New York Giants so he didn't end up going elsewhere. Now, he did say, I'm pretty sure, that he was going to end up signing with the Giants, but the Giants were not going to play around because they knew that this guy has a ton of potential. But Chris, when we're talking about Tay Crowder, I think that he has a lot of traits that could make him, conversely, instead of this this downhill run-defending guy, a good space pass coverage linebacker. So the way that you're going to to work on that is rounding out his game in pass coverage, his understanding of passing offenses in front of him, his, his, his ability to drop, being a little bit looser, a little bit more fluid, and a little bit better in changing direction. I don't think you can make him perfect, but I think you can help him figure these things out and, and help him be a little bit more fluid instead of being robotic. Yeah, yeah. We were talking before the show, and I said it's kind of ironic that Georgia used him in the way they did. But at the NFL level, I I really think the inverse of his college game is the way to go for him. Yeah, instead of being a short yardage run defending linebacker, I I really think his talents, his traits, his potential would best be used as kind of an off-ball will linebacker, a long athletic guy who can drop in coverage, who can pick up running backs, who can run with tight ends, who can also be used as a blitzer. And maybe he's not a starting linebacker, but maybe he's a guy you bring on in nickel packages and you try to really get his athleticism on the field, which again, it's something we were talking about before we started rolling just that's probably how he got to be a linebacker and not a running back yes yeah, certainly and I think that uh, the, this this Georgia coaching staff saw what they could get with him that they're a little bit more defensive minded and that they thought that they could turn that athlete into a serious playmaker on the defensive side of the ball and I think the Giants are trying to follow that that similar style approach and I think going forward you have to play to his strengths as a physical athlete rather than what he was doing at Georgia to make him into a bigger contributor for this Giants team. The other thing too, Chris, that I think he clearly needs to work on is ability to take on blockers more like a linebacker, not like a running back, understanding how to properly read things and address a blocker rather than just trying to knock the hell out of them. That I think is a simple fix. I don't think you can fix it overnight, but you can work on that with him and he can figure that out over a season or two because he's a developmental guy. Yeah, definitely. Even space linebackers are still going to have to take on blocks. Yeah, hopefully it's not a offensive lineman. Hopefully the defensive line does their job, but they're still going to have to take on tight end blocks, still going to have to take on maybe running back blocks for a screen play or a fullback if the offense uses that maybe a bigger a uh, bigger wide receiver at the NFL level you're just not going to be able to get away with trying to take on a blocker with your shoulder that's just not going to work you're going to have to learn how to stack and shed get the extension control and then discard the block to make a play and that is something he can be taught yeah that's that's not hopeless he can especially where he is in his development that's something he can work on now, in terms of Tay Crowder's ceiling, I, I said 
this early on when we were preparing our show notes. And I, I think I have to come out and say this here that I think I'm a lot higher on Tate Crowder than most people are. A lot of scouting reports that I read on him weren't overly optimistic, but I think that Tate Crowder has a lot of potential. I think he can be a contributor for this defense, but overall with his ceiling, I think this first year he's going to be the last linebacker to make the roster. I, I don't think that the Giants are going to be willing to throw him onto the practice squad. I think that they're going to want to try and keep him as close to this team as possible and not allow anyone else to snag him up. And I think going forward down the line, if he properly develops and works, that he will be a, a sub-package linebacker, a guy that contributes in various situations that Patrick Graham wants to use him as an additional chess piece. We keep talking about how all these guys defensively in this draft class are chess pieces. And I think Tay Crowder can eventually become one of those additional chess pieces uh, for this Patrick Graham run defense. Crowder, though, just has to continue to develop, work, improve, and get better. But I think that he has a, a very, very high ceiling, but it's going to take him a while to actually get there. Yeah, and that's the thing we keep coming back to is you know he he has a lot of potential based on his athletic traits, his motor, all of those things you really want to see in a linebacker. He just hasn't put it together yet. And anytime that happens, there's going to be some projection. And yeah, you know, I think you do kind of have to temper your expectations a little bit just to you know not get too far ahead of yourself with what could be or what you hope to be. I'm with you. I think he does have a chance, uh, maybe even a pretty good chance to make the roster. I do believe he is absolutely in competition with Cam Brown and TJ Brunson for one roster spot. Depending on how preseason goes, I'm not sure that the practice squad is out of the question for him. If he has kind of a rough preseason, if he, if it looks like teams are kind of picking on him and he isn't really sure what to do, especially when we get to the second and third preseason games where defenses really defenses and offenses really start to kind of scheme against each other. And if he kind of looks a little bit lost, makes maybe makes some bad calls, it, it might be uh it might be safe for the Giants to try to sneak him through to the practice squad. But I do think with a year or two of development I think he could possibly blossom into maybe not a starter, but a guy you feel confident bringing on the field for 40% of the snaps, maybe even 60% of the snaps as a regular nickel package player. For Crowder's floor, though, I, I think that if we're being realistic here, he'd likely end up being that last linebacker on the roster type player a few years down the line, just sticking around or practice squad if, if he doesn't progress and improve and he stays right where he is. If he stays where he is right now, I don't think he's making the roster uh, in a couple of years from now. And it's just a matter of keeping him around and hoping he can develop and improve. But again, he has those traits. He has something that, something that the coaching staff can, can work with and mold. And they know that he's very, very raw and they're yet to actually see what his full potential is. So Last guy on the on the roster for the linebacker group, I think, is a, a very realistic projection. Yeah, and I think the Giants would be okay if he's just a special teams contributor for a couple years, and if he doesn't develop, you know, it, you know, kind of. Oh well, it was the two hundred fifty fifth pick. That's really a scratch off anyway. 
kind of whatever they get from him is almost found money. I think he could be a guy who kind of sticks around on the fringe. And if he doesn't develop, which is the flip side of that coin where, you know, you've got all this potential, but if you don't realize it, it doesn't really mean much. And, you know, just be a guy where you're always kind of looking for something more. And eventually you just can't justify keeping him on the roster anymore. Certainly. And Crowder is going to be, I think, one of the more interesting guys to follow. And I'm going to be paying attention to him because, I, again, I'm very, very high on Crowder and what he can do. I'm, I'm going to hope that he continues to progress and he actually improves towards that ceiling that we've projected for him. If not, doesn't stick around. There's plenty of other talented linebackers that the Giants have brought into this, this new uh, roster under Joe Judge. That is the last... NF uh, Giants 2020 draft prospect breakdown. Thank you for tuning in and following along with all of these so far. Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you may be listening to us and follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. As we continue on into the summer, we're going to have a little bit more fun in talking about various topics of fun, simple things that are projections, also talking about and relating back to the summer school posts that we do on the website. I'll be doing a couple here and there. Chris does a ton of work and he's been doing a lot of them already. Um, And he's been releasing a ton of them over these past two weeks or so. In addition to that, we're also going to be talking about every single position group and projecting who's going to be on the roster who's primed for big seasons, who's going to get cut, who should you be paying attention to and watching. All of that stuff is going to be coming up throughout the month of June and July to make sure that you are 100% informed coming into the preseason. Thank you for tuning in, though, folks. Have a wonderful rest of your day.